But anyways, there's a picture at his Adrian Newey's 40th birthday of like this one guy brought this really shitty band of like ex cons to play. Okay. And then, but also George Harrison was at his birthday party. So then like jammed with them. Oh, great. Played a song. And it was the first time he'd actually like played at all Whoa. in like over a year since he got sick or something. Wow. Shit like that. That's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Bud. I'm good, man. You feel good? Yeah, it's, it's been a great week, dude. All right, well, should we do this? Mm-hmm. It's Gear Buds. It's Gear Buds. <laughs> it's Gear Buds Podcast. I can't believe I've, good. I've bitten off this horrible task of making up a stupid You did it to yourself, man. I, you know, <laughs> I just let it happen. Do it to yourself. Here we go. Gear Buds Podcast, episode one six one dig the symmetry Love always mm-hmm. 161 episodes of this stupid show here's another one let's dive let's, in let's do it i'm henry that's dave hi this is the symphony of corrections here's your weekly reminder cables are tone tubes i thought you're gonna do it with me you did it with me last week and it we, worked out really we nailed it like, it was it, it, it was made creepy my, it made the hair on my arm stand up <laughs> it was creepy so, i don't want to try to do it every time because oh, then it's just gonna be okay all right fine I, th- I thought if you guys want to hear us sync it up, it go back to last episode yeah. 160. We nail it. We, maybe I'll just chop that in and throw it. Just do it every week. week. <laughs> They're like, how do you guys get so good at that? Why does it just sound? Why does it sound so perfect? I'll just time. throw another layer of distortion on <laughs> until like 70 weeks from now. It's just yeah. Thank you for listening to us talking to these microphones every week. It means a lot that we have you, and we love you, and we love each other yes. and ourselves. Hi. Follow us on the stuff, subscribe on the stuff, email us at the stuff gearbuds podcast at gmail.com. Got a shout out when people reach out. Our buddy JOB was like, yo, what were you guys teasing? Coming from Japan. Don't give up my gig on on my deal on getting rid of all, getting all that cool Japanese stuff. We can break into it now, right? We can break into it now because it fell apart, folks, <sighs> as these things are wont to do. Fell out of the sky. It's this is interesting, and I mentioned it last week because it was a, a piece of gear that Dave and I had talked about at one point, and then I sort of became obsessed with, and then had planned on talking about just in general because I thought it was cool. It's a unique piece on this show, yeah. and then one popped up for a crazy amount of scrolls on the internet, and I tried to buy it, and then it didn't work. Yeah, and he accepted your offer, but then just never accepted payment or something would never for some reason the their side of reverb could never accept payment i messaged with this whoever this person is is supposed to be and they're like yeah we'll get it sorted out by monday and then i sent some more messages and tried buying like 25 times and it never worked (laughs) yeah when you told me it was 25 times i was like yeah i believe that and then and then i noticed that it was relisted and then yeah disappeared yeah because i I got an email i reported it Mm -hmm. um yeah now i think it's just gone so what we're talking about and really bearing the lead is a Gibson EBO, which might not sound that exciting to most people, but it's an EBOF. Yes. And that is exciting. And we're going to talk about it just a little bit here. Let's because do it, I've man. got a little info on it. So the really interesting thing about this bass with the F, the F stands for fuzz. Damn right. And this freaking just over-the-counter, not custom shop bass right. in the early 60s. Yeah, 63, I think, right? Came with... I will get to the years. It came with a freaking Maestro fuzz tone, the FZ1, the V pedal that was used right. for satisfaction and 
uh, electric. Uh, I, I had too much to dream last night. Like a couple, a couple really famous fuzz so songs. Many, yeah, built into the bass. Right, right in this, right in the panel there. So, and when it came for sale, I was like, I gotta have it. <laughs> so, uh, if you anybody doesn't know, Maestro FC One, super awesome old fuzz pedal. Like we said, Keith Richards, Rolling Stones, Satisfaction, 1965. We'll come back to that. Uh, so Gibson began marketing the FZ1. The, so Gibson owned Maestro. Gibson made these right. pedals. They started marketing it in 1962, the same year as the bass. So it was available for four years, okay. uh, 62 through 65. And it was, as it, you might guess, it was just EBO with a fuzz tone. It also it didn't have the string mutes on there because I guess maybe they're like, oh, if you're going to want fuzz, you're not going to want the string mutes. Yeah, you're going to want to let it ring. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> which it, I think it would have been sweet to have those on yeah. there. Yeah, it was. It sort of evolved a little bit from '62 to '65. So, some of the really earliest ones had like the uh, banjo style back of the headstock tuners instead oh, sure. of the normal normal dealies. Um, I guess there are some of the the very earliest EBOs before this, before it went to the SG shape. They're like there are some you can get that kind of look like the sort of uh, juniory thing too. Too uh, yeah, uh, that are out there. Right, right. Um, but anyways, here's the thing that I did not know before all this: the EBOF, not a big seller, Dave. Didn't do very well. Shipping totals for the model I've got per year because they had these the records. 1962, because like I said, it was 62 through 65. Yeah. 62, 35, 63, 74, 64, 64. So that's kind of That's neat. how many were sold, like were bought from the Were factory. sold from Gibson to right. whoever bought them. Sure. And 92 and 65. So we're talking a few hundred total wow. over its, over its life, a lifespan. Did you, were you able to find any sound clips of this? bass Mm-mm, absolutely not I, I and do, i can't imagine that it sounds particularly i good have either. to wonder if that fuzz just with that fat humbucker just doesn't sound particularly great does it change me wanting it no absolutely not especially this one in particular because this was a unique one it had already had at some point in the past a 1964 i believe yes. gibson thunderbird pickup right installed down to Twelve the bridge, right? Which is a fucking awesome mod, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, it made me want it way yeah. more. And like even cooler that it was a vintage pickup and not just like you know some Thunderbird, you know, like a modern. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh huh. So because those I are hard. Was, those I, are I got my fun. heart set on that. I got my fucking Illinois resident <sighs> Facebook dude settlement money. I was like, I'm gonna spend yeah. some of that on a stupid thing, and uh, instead I got sort of scammed on Reaver. But thankfully, he did, or he or she, or they, or whoever. Uh, did offer to say, hey, we can try to do it off reverb That's and do PayPal. Otherwise, I can send you an dicey. invoice. I was like, I don't uh, I don't think so because I would like to keep my reverb buyer protection. And, and, I, said, and okay. that might have been part of the scam the entire totes. time. Totes. Yeah. I noticed, though, there was probably what there was a lot of watchers on it, but there, you were the only offer on it. There were a few offers. Was, and I then eventually, it said one. And so then eventually, because I made a couple, I made an offer. There had been one by the time I made one. Okay. I then just was like, well, screw it. They're not accepting the offer. I just right. bought it at full price. Right. Because even that would, would have still been a steal. Yeah, it was a good price. And then that didn't work, and I don't know why. And then and then I got an email saying, hey, your offer's been accepted like a day or two later. Super excited. On my original semi, semi-ball semi tossing. <laughs> so that was even better. Yep. And then, uh, and then, yeah, for several days I tried to buy it and it just it's would not happen. At a roller coaster of emotions, man. I got real bummed out about that one, Dave. I got real because th- you, everyone, everyone knows I want a short scale. Yeah. I want a shorty, and it already had flats on it. Yeah. And everyone knows that I, as much as I prefer, probably entirely prefer the sound of 
fender bases i just want everything in my life to be gibson so i would love yeah. to have a, a cool gibson base that i would be that i want to play yeah i've, I've played sometimes. a handful of ebos um they're not the most exciting but i think this one would be really fun to like mess around with just because all the tones and, and it's got the extra pickup yeah already. so you already you've got a bunch of cool options we love the players around here that when someone's already desecrated yeah. a holy piece with right. something that we would want to do but probably wouldn't ever do ourselves yeah. i love finding those and so i was like bye yeah. and it 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 eluded me and there are of course there has been one other one listed uh since then now actually on but it still just only has the mud bucker it doesn't have that mod and it's significantly more expensive it's, yeah than they the want one. like 3500 or something, something like, like that. that that's crazy yeah. um yeah not not to mention taxes and shipping and all that fun mm-hmm. stuff so um i don't know i mean i it's it you know what sucks to me because I, I really wanted to find that it was a fake listing somewhere yeah like just to just to feel better about the whole thing you know, Couldn't, and I went on eBay. You, you dug deep. I did. I dug a little deep, you know, because I've I've been able to do that with, with good deals before where I'm like, hey, this seems kind of too good to be true. Let me go see if there's another listing that that's, somebody took and just re- the beauty of reverb, right? Because we get that buyer protection. So right. I know this might sound like an extended reverb ad. It is not, folks. This sure. is just it is true. It is nice to have that buyer protection. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Um but so so he was never even able it. to or he or she or they was never even able to take the money from your account Mm-mm. or anything so I even though they, that's the funny thing i don't i didn't know that you could just have a reverb seller's account without having a valid pay some paypal or some i think they make use PayPal, it's, it's it's possible that they had a valid account at one point that has since been invalidated for interesting reasons of being a scam but i, th- I, I think even even that would you think it would just suspend your profile if like all of a sudden it was like you can't yeah nobody that's can a, give that's you a money. good point right yeah you it know was, like it was we're, weird. we're not gonna let this like even get any further so I do wonder what happened there, but um, if anyone yeah. has an EBOF that's just burning a hole in their uh, gig, gig <laughs> yeah, rig, man. send them my way. But it definitely, definitely not worth settling for like the three thousand dollar one. I mean, no. that's not it's what cool, not what but I need it's right now. no, that's it's a little much. But I'll keep. But my I'm sorry eyes to hear open. about that, buddy. Yeah, I was excited for you. Me I wanted too. to play. You would have been able to play it as much as you wanted. All right, well, we've got some more stuff. Dude, I got, we didn't even say this one's a beefer. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. We're, I'm probably going to have to cut out Juicy half the yeah. shit. There's so much stuff in here. Uh, here's something. This, this belongs in the symphony because it's an update on a previous story, Dave. And I don't know if you saw this, but Jobo bought the burst. Oh, really? Yes. Huh. We, were, we joked the about. The one that he checked out for the guy? We joked about that. Yeah. And him and it, and it happened. Oh my God. Uh, so if anybody doesn't remember, didn't hear that episode, there was a, this family, this woman had, was, had a father who had a Les Paul in somewhere in the UK, brought it to this guy and was like, hey, we, we need to get this insured. We're moving house. How, how much is it yeah. worth? We think maybe it's like $5,000. And they're insure, like, yeah. and the guy was like, I've got good news and I've got bad news. <laughs> good news is that it's, uh, or the bad news is that you're going to have to insure for a lot more. The good news is that it's like $175,000. Yeah, it's a house. Plus Paul, yeah, that's crazy. And uh, there are no specific numbers, but I, the, the story that I read quoted it between one hundred fifty and two hundred thousand pounds uh, for the deal. So, which oh, is obviously I'm, you know more than dollars right now. Is that how? Yeah, because I always I always forget the conversion. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's not as bad as it used to be for us Yanks, but it's yeah. still there's it's still more valuable. Um, so and here is here is the part that I mean, look. Again, it's hard to shit on this guy. He's keeping cool guitars alive. He's kind of doing a you know he's doing a solid. I mean, and you know he's playing them. Oh, and that's the thing is, and he made an Instagram post about it, and it was delivered out. to him playing his gig at the Royal Royal Albert Hall. So he played it like for the first. He didn't time. know he didn't get to play oh, for that okay. show yet. 
uh, but because he's got to like take it home and get it dialed in or whatever. Sure, sure. But uh, he's named it the Royal Albert because he has to name all of his guitars. <sighs> and that just that part oh, just man. made me die a little bit. I have to be <laughs> honest. But it's almost perfect, you know, in a way. And of course so it is. Of course it's perfect. It's so cornball. I, um, it just it just it just kind of it just kind of makes me barf a little. Yeah. Bit. I, I mean, I, mean, I don't name my guitars, but we we had a whole episode about yeah, that. I mean, I think yeah, once, well, yeah, that's the thing. Um. Anyways, the, I just like that I'm, is so I'm glad funny. We called it, man. We yeah. It's it's. It was almost too easy, but it still it still happened. That that does happen a lot, though. When you think of collectors for anything, you think of people who collect like Ferraris or whatever. They're uh-huh. like, somebody's like, hey, can I bring this to you for an appraisal? And then they're like, you know, if you want, I'll give you X amount for it right now. You know, that probably happens a ton. Definitely. You know? Absolutely. Because so, like, otherwise you have to take it home, then try to find a buyer. And who's... Who's gonna have that much cash? You know what it was it two hundred fifty pounds. It said between one hundred fifty and two hundred thousand. Okay, so exactly, so one hundred fifty thousand pounds just laying around. Like here you go, and then you got to do a transaction, and it's like, well, at that point you're doing like wire transfers and oh shit. yeah, like, I mean, but I mean, and then yeah, hundred like, like, well, that's actually not that. that, that was Joe Ball, Joe Ball might have had the cash on hand. He might, yeah. Right. You don't know. Just a briefcase just, full of cash in, in in every continent. <laughs> it's private you know? bank accounts all over the place. No, that's right. uh, that's kind of I don't know. In, in my opinion, that's kind of a happy ending, just to know that like they got the money for it, and that's what they weren't yeah. going to play it. So you know, hopefully they're spending it wisely, and, and they and hopefully they don't get screwed on taxes or insurance things anymore yeah. from that. Yeah, especially uh, since it's public. This is definitely a GFI. Okay, my friend Dave. I love because uh, this year the NAM Tech Committee honors legendary musicians with the les paul innovation Award. we we got to go to the nam tech awards mm-hmm. a couple of nams ago yeah and nams are coming up folks and they're doing it in person this year and th- do you know who the recipient for 2022 is i do carol k carol k man how awesome is that legendary yeah, yeah she's legendary amazing. yes if you don't know, I mean, she was first call LA musician in the heyday of yep. first call LA musicians. Beach Boys was Ray, actually a guitar Ray player Charles, originally. originally a guitar player. Yeah, we've we've talked about her mm-hmm. at length. I, I did a show, I did a, doc. a full Dave's yeah. doc, and uh, you know Frank and Nancy Sinatra. Just I mean, so many players. I looked it up. Has been on over ten thousand sessions. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that isn't that nuts? She's a beast. Dude. Here's the thing I didn't know. She's also I mean she we we talked a bit about the teaching, but she's authored over 27 bass books. Oh wow. Including How to Play the Electric Bass. So if it you're looking get, to doesn't get more simple than that. <laughs> learn, I'm sure that's a good great place um, to start. That's right. Yeah, I, that's actually a pretty famous one for a lot of people to start on, for sure. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yep. Well, I just I felt like we needed to highlight that A because yeah. we love Carol K around here. B it's just I, in the in the press release that I got, they talked about a lot of the rational, not only the fact that she was this just amazing musician and played on all these sessions, but she's also a huge pioneer. I mean, there weren't many, there, there weren't, I don't know if there are any, any other female session musicians back at that time. And she, yeah, she, and was, she was the one, like she, she was the first call. And she was like a badass. Like she could hang with the guys, bust oh, yeah. balls. I mean, she was, she was a beast. So she's legendary. Yeah. Uh, paved a path for a lot of a yeah. lot of minorities and women in the music world and any sort of art industry love carol k mm-hmm. wanted to mention Shout that out. she's getting because we're not going to be at the nam show this year unfortunately yeah. but uh, because they moved it to the summer and all that sort of stuff uh you know still want to shout that out gotta gotta talk about a bfi here to okay. close out this section because i don't know if you saw this and it's it but it, it is relevant because it's some it's something that we've talked about in the past it's related to taylor hawkins passing oh. did you see the kerfuffle around this rolling stone article that happened so i i didn't want to click on it because i just yeah. you know but i saw something the idea that like somebody was 
they were just trying to like disparage his name like now or something like that it's really it's really weird so my so there was a rolling stone article that came out where it interviewed a bunch of different musicians about taylor hawkins passing a lot of people a lot of hearsay a lot of a lot of things happen in this article well after that a number of musicians including uh pearl jams matt cameron pearl also soundgarden and uh red hot chili peppers chad smith who are in this rolling stone article is quoted both came out and said that they were grossly misrepresented and had their quotes distorted and taken out of context oh, by the editor actually. by the writer or whoever oh, yeah. wrote the wow. Rolling stone article oh man yeah so it was really weird it was um yeah both of them really statements really trying to dis- distance themselves smith calling the article quote sensationalized um and they're both quoted discussing specifically the rigorousness of the foo fighters tour schedule so yeah. it's almost kind of like ta- like saying this was the cause of this man well, killing himself right so i did i did read something and i don't i don't think it was from rolling stone but it was about how taylor was somewhat uneasy with the intensity that was coming in with this new tour that, that came from this article okay. and in these these interviews and 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 all of the people that i don't know if it's all but many of the artists that were supposedly quoted in this have come out and said like this isn't what we meant we weren't trying to disparage anyone we weren't trying to say that it was the Foo Fighters touring schedule fault right or it was like the band's fault they talked about there was like some flight that he was on where he passed out from Chicago and there's like a lot of these little sort of things that and and now it's being kind of thrown at Dave Grohl and and, and that Uh, whole thing and it's really strange and weird to have happen after someone's death so I'm 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 glad that the artists were able to at least release statements and sort of try to clarify that hey you know hopefully the damage isn't done yes Rolling Stone is a massive publication it's fucked up that they did this but also that we didn't this isn't what we meant so they did come out and say like we were we apologize for oh i don't know oh, i don't know if rolling stone is acknowledged it, it came yet. out in a different article about these guys these saying, other yeah. they've, they've both released and a few other artists i think too have released the statements, statements through their okay. pr yeah. and all that kind of shit well hopefully they'll just try to correct it i think um you know what i did notice i'm not a big uh chili peppers fan whatsoever <laughs> we've talked we've we've talked you can go back to the joe darnaby episode of the i believe yeah. gear hunk still mm-hmm. we'll yeah but about that. but i will say that um i i have seen some footage uh, just scrolling through Instagram of Chad Smith playing, and have you noticed he has the Taylor lo- like the Hawkins logo? It's like oh, it no. says Taylor, and then it has the hawk. He had like I guess he had his own like icon design or whatever, and he mm-hmm. had a tattoo of it or something. But it's like a hawk kind of outline thing. Cool. And Chad Smith's been, been touring that. with that as the drum head, so that's, that's fucking awesome. cool. Yeah, yeah. I, like I think that's you know it's still the crux of any Red Hot Chili Peppers argument. If I love him or hate him, I mean they do good stuff they're all they all reasonably seem like good guys yeah, and they and, make people happy that's and cool. it's you can just fucking hate anthony kiedis's voice or not yeah and i think that's kind of it or, still or slap one bass. of the best bass players but yeah time. they're all they're yeah, all bad absolutely man. all right here all right. we go now we get to do the thing that i love to do every single week oh. and say my two favorite words while you get your notes out notes and those words are dave's docs it's dave's docs dave's docs i realize that i i have two songs you have like a game show every week going on today. every fucking week i have to I, do it you according to you but uh that's fine dude i got pretty excited about this one because it's i've scrolled past it a few times on recommended documentaries Ooh. i haven't watched it yet because i i don't know I guess I just didn't seem that interested. And then this week we had a, we had a crazy week, but I had some time today, and I was like, I'm just doing it. I'm gonna do a short one. And then I saw this, and I watched the trailer for it. I was gonna, I get pause real say the, the crazy week, partially due to the main topic of this episode. Yeah, so I want to just tease that, folks. If any of you are interested, yeah, hang out. We got some thing got some fresh stuff about. for you. But you did work in a doc, and you've told me a couple times now how excited you are about yeah. this. So I'm, uh, I'm excited because I started watching it, and in the first ten minutes, I was like, oh, dude, this is you would really like this. And I know you've probably heard of it. I doubt you've watched it because you would have told me. Tell me what is it? Have you heard of Under the Volcano? I don't think so, dude. 
It's about George Martin's secluded air studios that was in the Caribbean. And it was literally under the eclipse of like a massive volcano out in the distance. Wait, wait, what? From the years of like 79 to 89. Dude. And what is what? What service is this on? Hulu. It's on Hulu. That's yep. why I never watch Hulu. Oh, you can rent it on like Prime I have it, but too. I don't ever use it. Oh, yeah. Well, no, no, dang. Under the volcano? Yeah. George Martin had a secret studio, like fucking Not like an evil lair? Kind of. Uh, well, more of just like a getaway for bands. Let me go down the list first. So here's the cool thing about First tell me, how old is this documentary? When did it come oh, out? Oh, it's 2021. Oh, oh so it's, it's like beautifully shot. The footage is like unbelievable. Oh, baby. Lots of behind the scenes. Uh, just um, So it's it's interviews with all the members who were there. Well, Paul McCartney's most famously recorded there. Okay. Um, a solo record. And Do you know uh, which record? Yeah, it's the one with Ebony and Ivory on it because Stevie Wonder goes to meet him and then they both end up recording there. Wowzers. And there's stories of like Stevie Wonder going into this bar and they have a late night jam till like five in the morning with like Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder and the house band. <laughs> and then like, what? and then at the end of the night, he's like, because they were about to close and then uh, it was like Stevie's manager or whatever was like, he's like, stay open. We're, we're coming down there. And they go down there till like five in the morning. And then they ended up giving the guys like $5,000, sure. you know, just paid them so wow, much. Wow, that's amazing. Them, oh, my God. They, Can you they imagine being all in night. that kind of situation? Just like being a fly in, on the wall of that room. <gasps> Here's the best part. There's a recording of that. Really? Yeah. I forget the name of the, the little shack that it was. It was like uh, a little bar. I mean, so anyways, well, a little more. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is like, um, so it's in uh, an island called Montserrat. Uh-huh. And it's in the Caribbean. Yeah. And it's basically like there's no you know, corporate restaurants, there's no anything and no American money even really goes over. Okay. Um, and so it's kind of, you know, I want to say like, you know, close to like third world country, you know, but just peaceful and like everybody's just, you know, just works and kind of does their thing. And it's like only 12,000 people on this Island okay. or whatever. So the whole thing started and here's the cool thing about the docks. So the first, you know, 20 minutes or so, it's kind of like a nice kind of, uh, homage to, to George Martin and kind of how he worked with the Beatles and kind of the work he did at Abbey road. And, then he um, kind of just like the genius of how he like worked on songs and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it gives you a kind of cool overview about that because I don't know if there are any documentaries about him, which there should. I've be. seen some. I've seen some featurette type things, but I don't know yeah. that I've ever seen a. F and a this full wasn't a full doc either, but but they opened it nicely, being like, "Dude, this guy changed the music wow, industry okay. basically." Um, so he after he after the Beatles broke up, he was free from the, his EMI contract. So he went and opened Air Studios. He opened four of them in London and around UK. Four of them, yeah, I did not know and these that. were all mainland, you know, things, uh -huh. and you know they were they did really well. You know, Pink Floyd, Stevie Wonder, Jeff Beck, America, Fleetwood Mac, Queen, Roxy Music, Cat Stevens, the list goes on and sure. on. And that was just for those local, you know, those mm -hmm. four studios. So those were all functioning studios. And then he had this idea. He's like, I want to put a studio on a boat, <laughs> so I can have artists come out, or I can go to them, and they can come on this boat, and we'll have everything, and it'll just be like this, like cruise liner and basically. then plus you get to hang out on a fucking boat yeah and you're time. on a boat and you're like in this paradise in the middle of the ocean well he goes that's not going to work because the engines are going to be too loud mm. running all the time the noise is going to be a big problem so he started looking into islands because you know <laughs> as one does that's what you do um so yeah so he he find he found this island i think he's just i don't know how he just went to visit it it's a very small island it's next to um i've heard of montserrat but i i don't know why yeah uh, it's a very popular typeface, actually, in the graphic design. Oh, world. But that's probably I why. Use it, actually, I, clients make me use it a lot. It's really funny. But um, no, but yeah, I I thought I'd heard of it too. It's, but it's right by Antigua. Okay. So Antigua is like where you fly into, and then I think you take a boat Got there it. or something like that. So and so he he somehow so he comes fucking upon this finds island. it somehow on a map in like you know the late seventies, 
and he goes there and it's beautiful uh-huh. and everybody's super friendly and they're happy to have him there and he finds this house basically and he's like all right this is it we're turning this into a studio so all of his studios have the neve console and they made a big point of this they had to get a neve console into this place with like just the locals helping so he had like 30 people helping him move this like, thing i mean yeah. the box was like two tons yeah. inside or something so that was a cool scene when they're like all these guys are like trying to crane well, this there's thing. footage of that oh yeah oh dude. sick oh there's so much it's so much good footage yeah. yeah yeah it's not just like people telling the story um jimmy buffett was the first guy to to record there wow um and he eat a cheeseburger there i'm sorry i just said that uh wait <laughs> uh hold on so i had a question yeah. let's come back to that what was before my... the jimmy buffett threw you off it buffett threw me way he off he was the first guy to record there i guess they were buds Dude, i, I don't fucking know. lost it well I'm maybe sorry. it'll come back yeah, to you i hope so if it does feel free to sure. chime in he named his album volcano just because of like <laughs> just what was going on so let me go down the list because then i, I kind of want to the overview of the doc is it's chronological but you, they do interviews with the bands that all rec- that all recorded there so it's kind of like you know, they'll be like Earth, Wind, and Fire, and then there's this whole segment. Oh, I remember. Yes, I'm sorry. Sorry to cut you off. No, dude. Is it? Uh, is it narrated? Is it? Is it all? Is it this? Is, what's no, the style? It's, of the no, it's mostly interviewed. It's it's narration through interviews. But it, but it, does it do any of the sort of overlay no. text thing? Oh, it's just, dude, I love it. Yeah, it's okay. not that annoying. Like yeah. interviewed, you know, or narrated by Stephen Dorff or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Logan Dorf, Dor- Dorf reference. Let's pull that out. Of okay, nowhere. sorry. So you're talking so about Earth, Wind, Fire. Earth, Wind, and Fire goes there. So then there'll be like a whole segment about how they felt like being there, you know, and uh-huh. like like today and being interviewed about it. Yeah, like yeah. like modern interviews, um, and then footage, obviously, of them rehearsing there and playing, you know, recording there and all that shit. Mm-hmm. So it's fucking awesome. So here, I'm gonna go down the list first, and then we'll kind of do a couple little side stories that I thought were pretty cool. I already told you the one about Stevie Wonder and Paul McCartney, yeah. which was badass. <sighs> Um, but Earth, Wind, and Fire, Paul McCartney, Ringo, I think he played on the Paul McCartney record, I'm guessing. Luther Vandross, uh, The Police, and this one, this one's good too. Elton John, Duran Duran, Lou Reed, who actually hated it. He's like, I don't like hot weather. I don't know why I came here. It's pretty great. And that's the only clip of him. Like it, it's just him being like, yeah, I, I remember that place. That, that was a dumb idea. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Uh, Tony Iommi, uh, Dire Straits. Deep Purple. Ooh, the Dire ooh. Straits part is really interesting, too, so we'll get to that. Uh, Deep Purple, and then The Stones, uh, and The Expensive Winos, which was Keith Richards' side oh, project. Oh, sure. And then Mick Jagger went there to do a solo record, and they both kind of did their solo records there, so he's like, let's do Steel Wheels there. So that's the record oh. they recorded there, which is not one of my favorites, mm-hmm. but, you know, solid, uh, solid recording. Uh, the cost of the studio is roughly 10000 a week. To, to operate or to to, to, rent. to to rent it out? Okay. As, and when you go there... You don't really work with George. I think he might have worked on specific projects, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, with like Paul McCartney, obviously, and shit. But I think they had engineers working, you know, in the meantime. Yeah. And George was just down the street, like in his little house, and like they'd go to like talk to him sometimes, or mm-hmm. he'd swing by. But well, so did he, was he living there full time? Th- I'm pretty sure, yeah. Wow. Or at least traveling back and forth. He probably had to go to London all the time for his yeah. other studios and this and that. But he had a house there, yeah. So, um, so the police recorded Ghost in the Machine there, which was their fourth record. Okay. The only reason they went there is because they did all their other records in like these dingy like studios and it was kind of just like you know you record from like you know freaking 10 o'clock at night till six in the morning or something Mm -hmm. like that and you sleep all day and do it again and the record executives were like give us more give us more you know like they're getting their paws into it because the police are really starting to get famous Mm -hmm. at this point um but this is pre-synchronicity still and they're like all right we gotta get the fuck out of here like let's go to this remote island studio so they were one of the first bands to record there uh dude i want to go record on an island Want to yeah. find one? Dude, it 
so let me just like lay it out for you. So everything's like local, like all the food, they have a chef, um, everybody like, so he actually brought a lot of jobs to this place too, mm. you know, which was really cool. Um, you know, everybody who just helped out around the, around the property and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And just like, so it's a pretty big, it's a setup. compound basically. Yeah. 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 It's, but it's all gated and it's like, can't even like get to it and stuff. So you, you know, you wow. gotta like know where it is. How far, but it's, I mean, it's a small Island, right? So you're probably mm-hmm. not very far from the beach, no matter what Dude, it's are. on the beach. Yeah. I mean, and then they have, you know, obviously like a swimming pool and like, it's just, Every single day is just gorgeous oh, and sunny. Go there. Does, <laughs> it still, does it still exist? I'll get to that. Okay. Um, you got to watch this, dude. You'll you'll fucking yeah, yeah. love this doc, man. Under the volcano. I yeah. can't wait. It's so good. Um, Why? Is, so it's literally it's like there you can see a volcano from it or something. Yeah. So the volcano. There's a massive volcano in like I guess the middle of the island or somewhere on the uh-huh. island, but you can clearly see it. Like they could, you could go hike to it. Hey, did you know uh, that volcanoes make islands? Uh, what's up, Brad? I know you're listening out there. I actually, I texted him because Dino Dave was at your gig, which I just yeah. spoiled, which is what we're going to talk about later. But uh, he, I sent him uh, I sent him a selfie because Aww. like me and Dino Dave. Nice, uh, man. You know, he's... Did he respond? He did, yeah. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so here, so there's a couple of cool stories that came out of this. So they recorded uh, Ghost in the Machine, Every Little Thing She Does Is Magic. If you watch that video, it was shot there. Like, oh, okay. With all the local kids and like, you know, it's like they're all bopping around mm-hmm. and stuff. It's, it's a fun, fun video. Um... Then this is now the police are like super famous. And then, you know, the story of the police where synchronicity was not recorded. They were never in in the studio. They were never in the same room at the same Mm -hmm. time. They were in the studio playing together. But like the drums were in the dining room. The bass is in the basement. Like they're all over the place. And they're just wired up because they they did want an isolated sound. But they also fucking hated each Mm -hmm. other at that point. That was also at the studio. Oh, and I did not know that. Neither. So that album was recorded there. But. It, and and Sting, Stuart Copeland, and Annie Summers are all doing interviews separately, of course. Mm. And uh, but they're all you know modern time, and they're talking about it. And they're uh, like, "Do they have nice tans?" Yes. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of shirtless <laughs> men. A lot of a lot of nice tans. You know, <laughs> Sting just no shirt the entire time. Oh man. Um, Full Dune mode. So here's a funny story about George Martin because I was talking about how he didn't really work there. Yeah. So at one point they're not getting along and they're like, they're just bickering over police shit. aren't the police. the police. Yeah. The police. They couldn't even like, you the know, police hang out and like be in the same mixing session. So Andy Summers is like, well, I'm just going to go talk to George. I'm going to walk up to his house, like through the fucking heat. I'm going to go there. I'm going to see if he'll produce this record mm-hmm. for us. Cause we're just, this isn't working. And so he walks all the way there and he's like, and this might've been in the police doc. I don't remember, but he goes, George Martin was there and he's like, we, we had some tea. We had a nice conversation. And uh, he said, George, you know, we're, here's all our problems that we're having. We want you to come help us, like, sort it out, basically. And he's like, you guys are grown men. You'll figure it out. <laughs> so then he walked all the way back, sweating. And he goes back, and they're like, well, and he's like, he just said, we'll work it out. And they, they actually, from that moment, they said they were, like, peaceful with each other after that. So maybe it just took that. George Martin being like, I don't want to deal with your shit. Maybe grow you up, shouldn't you ding Grow up. So that was a cool story. And, like, one other last one I got yeah. that was interesting was the Dire Straits Yes, record. please. So they did Brothers in Arms there. Oh, snap. I had no idea. Love that album. But now here's what's interesting. So now this is later. This is, you know, what year was that? Like 80. It was right before CDs were coming out. And that plays a big role. I have, I have, I have that on compact disc. So, and, and it's a good thing you do. I can't remember what year it came out. 87? I did not. I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. Right. So it was right when MTV hit though too. So it might've been like 85 or something. I don't don't know. Sure. Um, so I was but a little baby. So this kind of bleeds over. Sting stays on vacation after they finish Synchronicity. Okay. And then 
he ends up singing on Money for Nothing. I want my oh, TV. That's Sting. I, how, I, always I didn't thought know it that. sounded like Sting. I didn't, I didn't know it either. Know that was Sting. And they show him doing it. And I'm like, oh, it's fucking oh, Sting. So he, well, here's the funny thing. Mark Knopfler was like, man, I wish Sting was here to like sing this part. <laughs> Shut up. I'm not kidding you. It's in the doc. Because they heard him sing on something else, and they were like, oh, that would totally work for Did this part Did he have a little song. sting, like, genie in a magic bottle that Dude, he could rub? Dude, literally, the producer was like, oh, he's still here. He's on vacation. He's like... Oh, so he knew that he had been He was there. on the island. Yeah, they okay, knew that they sure, were recording sure, there, and he's sure, like, no, sure. he's still here. He just He's like, you know, down the road or whatever. So they go get Sting, so that's how he ends up on that song. Check this out, though. I didn't know this. So uh, Knopfler was not a fan of the analog recordings and how they made his tone sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, it just changed my tone too much from what I heard in my ear to what I heard coming out of the speaker. He lost his bone tone. Yeah. So they did, that was one of the first, if not the first, fully digital recorded album. Really? How's, yes. What did they aid at? They didn't get into the specifics. Okay. Um, they may have showed some things, which you would probably pick up on quicker if you know if they showed like a screenshot. We, of the we're studio. talking gear spotting things. Yeah, sure. just you know, because there actually wasn't a lot of good gear spotting. This so was a little bummed out. It was mm-hmm. more like storytelling yeah. type stuff, um, and a lot of good footage of the island and everything. But uh, he didn't like the way the analog changed his tone. So this was the first digital record. This also comes in with like the release, like major release of CDs and CD production. They ended up using that song like CD themselves, like the company compact disc or whatever it was, uh, ended up using that as a benchmark of how a compact disc should sound that record being like, you want to sound like this is as digital as it gets. <laughs> and I've never, I mean, now that I listened to it, cause they played a bunch of tracks from it. I was like, yeah, this is a digital fucking album. Oh dude. yeah. There's, I mean, you can hear the super gated reverbs and stuff. There's no were. like warmth to like anything, you know, oh, God, I fucking love it. Um, so yeah, so I think that was kind of cool. Um, but then they were like, dude, it's too mellow. He, <laughs> Mark tells a funny story where he's like, dude, we're sitting there and like, I'm, I'm looking, you know, we've been there for a couple weeks and I'm looking around and everyone's like wearing beach towels and no shirts and like sunscreen on their nose. And we're playing at like 40 BPM. <laughs> he's like, no, we're making a fucking record here, guys. Like, let's snap into it. Cause it was just such a relaxing vibe on that island. But oh, wow. if you listen to some of the songs, you can really hear like kind of an islandy, like airy vibe in a lot of that songwriting. So, uh, I thought that was cool. I'll kind of wrap it up here. Um, here's what happened to the island. Hurricane Hugo hit it in 89. Mm. 11,000 out of 12,000 people lost their homes. Oh my God. That's a lot oh of God. motherfuckers. Uh, the studio itself was mainly destroyed by water damage. Um, so they went back when it was clear to go back to the studio and check everything out. The keyboards had like mold and water on them and stuff. And they didn't say what happened to the board, but they saw them kind of like moving it out of the studio. So I'm guessing they tried to like repair it. And, so everything know, was beyond repair. It was done. Yeah. They just said, this is it. Um, and then in. Um, and like the music industry started to change too, you mm-hmm. know, at that time in 89, you know, portable, stu- not portable, but like smaller studios were available and Absolutely. digital recording. Starting so it all kind of, you know, perfect storm, no pun intended mm-hmm. kind of thing happened. Then in 95, the fucking volcano went off. Wow. Uh, the sky, they have footage of that, dude. It is terrifying. The, the plumes of uh, ash rose to like 60,000 feet. Oh my God. The sky was completely black in the middle of the day. And it basically, everybody basically evacuated the island and that was it. It was like completely decimated. They never, I don't think anybody like ever stayed there. Um, I don't, I think now you can go back and like check it out as a tourist. You mm-hmm. can, that studio is completely gone. You sure. can't even go there. And, but this is cool to kind of wrap it up with like a little bit of a happy ending. Uh, in 97, George Martin threw a fundraiser show at Royal, Al- Royal Albert Hall mm. um, with guests like Paul McCartney and, um, you know, Jobo. Joe, I'm sure Joe Bo had a, had a hand <laughs> in it. Back in 97. But yeah, like Stevie Wonder. Like, so all these major, and then they put, they gave all the money to a fundraiser for, That's great. Uh, for the island of mm-hmm. people who lost everything. So that was fucking cool. 
honestly beautifully made doc about a studio that I've really never heard of. No. Um, so I thought that was just super fucking interesting. I would compare it to like kind of like Sound City, how it's like chronological, but they're showing kind of the fun parts and then there's like the downturn, mm-hmm. kind of just the, the dark side of it too. Um, so it kind of had that, that I like docs like where it's not just one band. It kind of focuses on like different, like important figures that came through there. A little bit more about a place than just a specific yeah, and character. like the, and they really capture the vibe of the place and like so I thought it was fucking great. Um and what do you got? Give us the totally arbitrary ranking. Totally arbitrary rating, ranking. I went high on this one, dude. Well, I'm high right now. I'm going nine and a half out of ten rum bottles. Oh tw- ten what? Rum bottles. <laughs> so drinking a lot of rum out there. They call it bush rum. Dude, rum is kinda underrated. I kinda don't mind rum. A good rum is good. Nice, nice little sweetness yeah, in there. It's hard to know. find a real good rum though. Good rum's hard to find. That's, um, what, that's what I always say. But dude, you gotta watch it. Everybody great, listening, gotta great, check it out. great rundown. It was a, a lengthy you made me, you rundown. You're so but, excited about it and but still I still don't feel like I don't want to watch it. You know, I got a good understanding, but I still want to get in there and sink my teeth into it. Myself. Watch the tra- well, you don't really watch trailers, but I would uh, say like board. I watched the trailer and I think I only got like through a minute of the trailer and I was like, Oh yeah, this is gonna be fucking awesome. Yeah. So very cool. Good, sick. good for any fan. Sick doc. Sick dick. Yeah, baby. Loved it, man. Thanks for doing that. Yeah, dude. Give yourself a busy week. Busy week. We're going to talk about some gear first, but folks, just so you know, the main topic this week we're going to get to, and that is that Dave played a gig, and we're real excited about it because it's a gig. First gig in two and a half years. So many times. Yeah, man. So before we do that, let's get into some gear because there is, dude, I, we're not going to be able to get through all the stuff that I want to okay. talk about. Got some future gear? Got some future gear. Got some current gear too. Uh, first thing that we got to talk about. We this is nice. We've been able to sort of highlight some locals and some friends for the past few weeks uh, to start off future gear. Get to do it again because oh, uh, two friends, compatriots, former Gearbuds guests have teamed up for an endeavor, and that is uh, our friends at Balthazar Audio Systems or Balthazar Amps, depending how you want to look at it, and. Black Bobbin, a.k.a. Shelby Pollard, old guest. Go back and listen to those episodes. But actually, he was one of our first guests yeah. on the show. Really? And uh, actually, they both were now that I think about mm-hmm. it. Anyways, they've teamed up to give our good friend, the Cabaret 13, a little bit of a revamp. Uh, for longtime listeners, you'll remember... Long, we love some Balthazar amps yeah. around here. Some I've of the got, best sounding amps ever. I, I got to work with him in sort of the later, very ending stages of development of the Cabaret 13. Now he's taken that amp and, and repackaged it in this really super cool setup that it's yeah, a lot kinda, different looking. Kind of rebranded a little bit. A little bit. And, and I think Shelby hits, I don't know exactly how that process went, but we could get an update from those folks. Uh, we'll share it. But uh, looks he had something to do with sort of restylizing it. It doesn't have any of that really cool in my opinion but doesn't have any of that uh silver alligator skin or snake sure. skin or whatever is in there but it, it kind of almost it had, looks, sort of looks like a fancy tv or something uh where it, yeah like the way that it's got the oval it's got a cool inset, like retro look for sure a retro yeah. vibe and then the uh it's got a new badge it's a totally Dude, different logo which i i love if you got any of those badges lying around or anything. it's the seagram's script logo oh I believe nice is what they call that look it up yeah, it's so it's, uh, they, it's an elegant oval grill Elgin gold piping around the top and bottom, which contours the cabinet. Front. I cannot afford the amp, but I think I could buy a badge off of them. Probably. So. Yeah, Balti, let us get one of those. Buddy. <laughs> uh, it's a third frame again. Same same specs. Thirteen watt all tube combo, yeah. tube rectified. They say in the listing, it says perfect for recording and small room gigging, which I agree. But I also have to say that thing can get pretty loud if you want it to. Yep, so, sure can. Uh, it's, you know, it's in the champ plus territory, I would say. And uh, it's also still got that bias tremolo, which is so sick, foot switchable and a real tube driven 
Accutronics reverb. Yeah. So just if you don't if you don't know it already, if you don't know now you know. Go look at Baltzar amps yeah. and maybe check out the special one through Black Bobbin because it's if you're looking for an EL eighty four combo ten inch combo uh, that rips we'll and also further. chimes and does just like some of the most beautiful sounds ever, which I was uh, throwing Dave's way uh, before we started recording yeah. uh, earlier today. But, Sounds as uh, good as ever. I play that amp every almost every day, so go check it out. Uh, Selmer. Inspired by the Selmer Little Giant. That's what they say. Cool. Let's see. What else do we got? Korg. Two big Korg stuff happened this week. Yeah. Well, one is big. One is big to me. We were just talking big Korg stuff. Weren't we? Yeah. Korg did a little acquiring. Oh, really? A little acquisition play happened. Business talk. And I think as a baseball, you might be kind of interested about this one there, David. I sure hope so. Because Korg, our good, loving friends at Korg, acquired a majority interest in dark glass electronics. Really? Yes. What? The Helsinki, Finland-based manufacturer of handmade bass guitar equipment. Really? Yes. Korg now owns dark glass. That is interesting. Yeah. Uh, I guess I didn't know this part. Korg USA was actually acting as the distributor for North America, I believe, okay. of Dark Glass. And then it was just like, yo, long-term strategy. We really like each other. Let's just buy you because you make awesome stuff. We'll let you still keep your company in Finland and still make the stuff and all yeah. that kind of deal. But we're just going to own you. No kidding. Yeah. Dude, that's great. Did you know this, Dave? We talked about this before. A little reminder, Korg acquired Aguilar. So Korg now owns Agu- uh, yeah, Aguilar. Yeah, we did bases. talk about that. Yeah. Didn't know this. Korg owns Spectre. Bases. Yeah. Wow, Korg is really getting their foot in the, the base water. They're, they're, they're going in the deep <laughs> knee, end. Knee deep in bases. Uh, that's cool. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Apparently, Dark Glass Managing Director Marcos Barlotti will remain in his current position overseeing the day-to-day operations and manufacturing in Helsinki. I have to say, if I was going to get rid of my Mark Base stuff, which I just, I'm just too lazy to sell it and buy mm-hmm. new stuff, um, I would definitely consider a Dark Glass. They, do, they do wonderful things. You got, didn't you get to use I've played a lot of Dark Glass yeah. stuff and their pedals and all that sort of stuff. I, and they're, they're, they're none, of it, none of it sounds bad. It's their all overdrive good. is like kind of what they're known for, in my opinion. Yeah. Like everybody I've seen who uses them play, you know, generally plays like a little heavier and like wants thing. that grindy thing. They nail that like no other solid state amp does. So. So Cork Cork is doing it, and uh, hopefully Dark Glass gets to maintain it because we're big fans. Yeah, great. Here. Very cool. Another Cork thing I mentioned, this is, again, I think super exciting. I don't know how exciting it's going to be to the rest of the world, but Cork, and now as a sequel to their NTS-1, is releasing the NTS-2. The NTS-1 was a build-it-yourself synthesizer. Okay. The NTS-2 is a build-it-yourself multifunction, which we'll come to, but mostly four channel oscilloscope with a sexy screen really yeah dude so it's four channel oscilloscope i already scroll 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 say that i already mentioned the sexy screen has dual stereo inputs which allow you to study compare and overlap up to four signals at once wow uh multiple color display modes and an interface that you can use buttons and a rotor encoder on the side uh, it has an FFT fast Fourier transform mode uh, with a real-time spectrum analyzer, which is super cool. I, I watched a video and watched all this stuff. So, like, it, it just, like, does really cool stuff. Um, as well as being used for this audio stuff, these sounds can also be employed as control voltage sources. So you can basically integrate it within your cv rig like your you know your euro rack any synthesizer and, and and it has like envelopes and lfo generators and stuff built into this as well so not only is it a functional oscilloscope it also has like audio creation and like jamming yeah 
purposes. No uh, so it's a potentially useful partner for any patchable synth. However, that's not it. There's a bunch of stuff. You might call it unusual. But Dave. wait, there's more. There's a tuner. Oh, that's handy. Which offers multiple display modes. Uh, what and This end result uh, is what Korg is calling a studio Swiss army knife for musicians. But wait. There's more. <laughs> uh, I didn't uh, mention. Oh, oh, I forgot to mention the, the the spectrum analyzer, which is really cool, and it has a dual waveform generator, which is a big deal for nerds. Wait, okay, so check this out. Not only that, but it's available for pre-order right now. Uh, it comes out in July, and it, not only it, do you get this oscilloscope multi-function Swiss Army knife tool thing that you get to build yourself, which it, by build you just sort of like clip a couple pieces together. Yeah. It's not like a real you don't you solder just kind of or assemble anything. it. Yeah, it also comes with a book published by Bukes or Bukes, however you say it, which you'll remember when we when I used to talk about books all the time on this freaking show oh, yeah. uh, for two of them, which are Push, Turn, Move and Passion, Tweak from those series. Yeah. It also comes with a book called Core or Passion, Tweak with Korg. Okay. And it's all about from the same style of, or of writers and everything and the publisher from the same style of those books specifically about Korg, and it comes with the pre-order for this. Oh, wow. Uh, so it's a limited edition package. It combines the NTS-2 and then that powerful, uh, which is it's a powerful tool, I will say, and the Passion Tweak book. Passion Tweak with Korg, I should say. You're going to order it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, especially because it comes with a book, man. It comes with the book. <laughs> so, David, one of my favorite things to do on the show oh. is, is <laughs> I got to guess you, how much it... What do you oh, think? What would, tricky, you, what would you pre-order this for? Jeez. I mean, it's no, maybe, of, that's, maybe that's not the right question because I don't know that there's any number that you'd pre-order this for unless it was like 20 bucks because you're not what, really that interested in this. What would one pre-order this for? Right. What are well, they me, asking? What, what are they I asking? For? What are you going to What are you <laughs> yeah. going to spend on it? Right. Ah, oh, jeez, man. It does a lot of stuff. Is it small? Is it like a micro thing? I, I, I'm making a signal with my hands yeah. here, folks. It's, it's the size probably of a, a, a Whopper. A I would say, yeah, I'd say it's about the size of like a, a large, like a medium-sized guitar pedal, like bigger than a boss okay. pedal for sure. Uh, five ninety-nine. Pretty close. I just threw, pulled that. Really out of shooting from the moon on that one. Two twenty-nine. What? Yeah, I know. That's affordable, man. Yeah, it, it is. So that's the pre-order price, and you get the book. and you get the book, dude. So I'm gonna do it. I didn't oh, do it definitely. yet. I want to talk about it first, and then see if you got as excited as I was. I want to play with it yeah. when I come over next time. Mm, well. You know, that's always on the table, especially when I drop <laughs> yeah. it there. Hey, let's keep talking about gear because we got to talk about your show soon. Oh, dude, there's so many things. But I, okay, I would say the thing that I'm most excited about, yeah. Dave, gear wise, from all of this stuff, and even more than this Korg thing, which I'm going to buy, the delay pedal renaissance continues. Really? My friend. Yes. Who's, who's up to bat? Maris. Maris, you might recall from some really famous pedals like the Polymoon, the Hedra, the uh, Enzo, the Autobit. It's they make uh, really typically digital, cool pitch shifting and uh, delay and synth and bit crusher pedals. Okay. Very, very, very good pedals that they make. They've now come out with a pedal that they've been teasing for a while. Yeah. I will add the it is called the LVX, which I'm guessing actually is probably Roman numerals. Now that I'm saying it out loud, which would be, uh, let's see, L is fifty, I think, right? So it'll be fifty-five. No, that doesn't make sense. Maybe it's just. Oh, maybe it's Lux. I don't know. Okay. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how how do you pronounce this. But either way. It is their new modular delay system. Is Very what they're cool. calling it. So let me talk to you about it. First of all, it's about the size of I don't know the standard sort of like 
medium to large size guitar pedal that you see on the, the memory man these days. Size or something. memory man ish sort of yeah maybe like those hologram electronics like that yeah that white pedal i've got right there maybe oh, about sure. that sort of size yeah. it's got let me just tell you four foot switches seven knobs Ooh. and a seriously gorgeous screen really yes that's fucking has nice, a screen dude. so so this thing's gonna do this has got, a lot of features though. oh yeah oh yeah check it out it's got it's got a big old next gen processor on the inside that's oh, super shit. beefy and high powered stereo full stereo in and out usb midi all that stuff that okay. you would expect right now and so the sort of the crux of this thing and, and, it, and it does have them i will add because i watched the couple of videos that exist online about it because it's a very new thing uh it, it does have presets, but this they're they're positioning it as this as this r- pedal that rather than being packed with a bunch of different presets and stuff, is much more about designing from the ground up the kind of delay that you're looking for. Uh-huh. And so, uh, you know, it's all about the like I said, it's got this screen. It's all about the interfacing, like the buttons and how easy they've made it. And also, it has this looper built in that you can access and at all times essentially. Sure. Okay. Um, so that that's really the deal is it's like this interaction between these knobs. Like I said, there are seven and four foot switches, but also just like the interaction with that and this interface. And then let me just tell you, man, <clears throat> I can't even begin to describe how exciting the sounds are that I listen to. Really? Just uh, straight out of the box yeah. in this in this demo that I watched. There's this just like, I think it's the pedal zone or something like that. So on, does it have like presets YouTube? or do you just have to kind of tinker it with it? It does have presets, but again, they, they really want you to sort of dive in and tweak the stuff because check this out. It, it's, it's been designed over the course of two years and they engineered it totally from the ground up it's not like built on they anything they had else, yeah, or they right. just they just invent they, they create because they didn't own. have another delay they have another delay but it's it's not it's nothing like okay this. gotcha um and that's the thing that's what they want they they wanted to break the paradigm of preset delay types quote by promising a more flexible freeing approach approach to operation um here's the thing it has some of the coolest crazy sounds i've ever heard and that is because within the architecture of this pedal so it's a delay pedal right i mean that's what it's supposed to be sure but it also has the effects engines found in the polymoon delay the hedra pitch shifter the enzo synthesizer and auto bit junior bit crusher oh. so you can apply those sounds to your delays or just use them you can use them standalone yeah too. it's so it's like a multi-effects pedal. it is but i mean it's it's just it sounds so good dave <laughs> it sounds so good it's i couldn't cool, believe man. it it sounds so cool it's i i've gotten so excited about so many delay pedals recently right. I'm, I'm kind of glad that i haven't I bought like any of them yet week, we get really excited about delay pedals right absolutely and oh, it's one one least. better than the next and i kind of feel like this now that i'm saying all that like this is the one this is the one it's and good. it is more expensive than for instance like something DL4. like the line six dl4 yeah. mark ii uh but that said gonna do it again dave what would you think that one might well, I already know it's more expensive this. than the deal. The, I already, so. I already showed you my cards on that. Yeah, one. Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna go 500 bucks. That's close. Yeah, I, and I think five is a good guess. Five ninety nine. Okay. Yeah, but it's again, you're getting so much out of it. I really, I again, we've talked about this a lot on this show. How like, in some ways, pedal demos are kind of fucking useless, right? Yeah. I didn't. I, I did. Uh, this is an example where I think they did it right. Nice. And they and did it themselves. They released it. No, it was some guy. They just like l- released it to a couple people, I oh, guess. Okay. And this one YouTuber, the pedal zone, who I'd never seen him do a video, but he just played a Squire Jazzmaster. Sure. And, and he like he's like, here's my clean. That's kind of nice too, because you're like, if it sounds good on that, then it's gonna sound. And good I, and I think that it looked like the kind of guitar that he probably had, you know, tweaked himself and sure. done some stuff. But it sounded it sounded wicked good, and 
just sort of just like cycled through and then and he did create a sort of composition at the beginning that layered because it has a looper and he layered a bunch of different kinds of crazy sounds and it sounded amazing but then would that, there's another one where he just kind of was just like click 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 and it was just like 10 of the coolest delay sounds i've ever heard in my yeah. life you know so it's of course you can get i'm positive that you could get the simplest most utilitarian clean delay that you'd ever want out of it but that wasn't at all demonstrated in any of these videos because yeah. it created so many just like the most amazing atmospheric wild delay sound sure. i've ever heard that um i i'm so stoked about it and it has a beautiful screen and i, I like having beautiful screens is it uh it's for pre-order right now pre-order right now available in uh they, they're saying july oh, that's not too bad so or no wait i'm sorry i don't i don't know when it's available actually uh the, late this summer that's right oh okay so july there it August. is sure um yeah dude i mean again like it's it's when there's more to it than just like all right it's a delay pedal mm -hmm. you know and it seems like everyone's excuse me kind of doing stuff like that like even the, the new like line six you know it's like there's they're so stepping many more, it up so many more features because they know like they're there are products out there you've got to one up people mm -hmm. you know so and it's still important to me that you nail the simple stuff and, and i do it yes. seems again i don't i haven't played either of them these in person yet so i'm not going to say that i have it seems like they've nailed the the meat and potatoes that you yeah. need for that kind of thing right and that makes me happy because you're right they have they're also innovating and that's that's it that's how God. you stay alive can we talk about one more piece of gear before of course. you do show okay Please. i have to pick i have to choose we're the, we're the gear so many podcast. things <laughs> we're not the live buds podcast. thanks for the reminder uh i'm still just so excited because i had such a good time but okay we, we talked about a couple weeks ago or however many weeks ago we talked about a new mixer right and remember it was that little micro mixer made yeah. by teenage engineering yes and um so that was awesome and i actually since then have watched loop op who's one of, if anybody listening is hasn't ever watched loop op video they he makes perhaps the best synthesizer usually it's tech synthesizer content on youtube in my opinion cool. it's sort of it might not be to your taste or style it's very kind of uh regimented and and, and everything has a time stamp and it's all but I, nice. I love that yeah i like that anyways watched his demo of it and the mixer is fucking sick dude. really it's very cool nice. it is very small it's so tiny it's like a pack of cards or something right? it's it's a bit bigger than that but yeah. it's it's still very small and so that like i getting to the middle because it has three each each channel has three knobs so it's 18 knobs and those middle four are almost impossible to get <laughs> yeah. without bumping like other pedals tweezers other to get them or right something. so yeah. that's a kind of a thing but that's well said, if they have a nice like tightness to them though then they won't just get they're loose not bad and, that know. was the only complaint he said the construction was really good but uh so i'm talking about all this because yes. teenage engineering has now come out with another piece of new gear whoa and that is a remake of the thing that for which they are most famous and and still to this day people buy and sell all over the place the teenage engineering op1 which is if anybody has never seen it it's a just little self-contained all-in-one synthesizer recorder looper thing where it's like got some uh, keys on there and it's got a little screen and it's all sort of based on this like analog tape style recording thing it's got a little microphone built in a speaker built in but you can create full compositions on this yeah. on this sort of deal and, and and we've talked about it a lot on the show because they discontinued it and i think originally back in the day you know several years ago when, when they stopped selling them they were you know maybe like 800 bucks then went shot through the roof on, on right and such and then they started making them again and the and new ones are like charging even more money well yeah because they know so they i can't, can't remember i think the new ones are maybe like 1200 something right. like that but so um and we're going to talk about that i do want to talk about sales of that but let's talk before before we get any further i want to so this is now they've got a new version of the op1 that they've announced gotcha. it's called the yeah. op1 field and um it is 
let me just say, I'm going to start it out by saying the price, which we don't normally do. They're saying $2,000. Oh. $19.99. And people will buy it. And it is, oh, oh yes, they will. And it is and it is essentially just a, a, a Mark III-ish or 2.5-ish of the original design. So right. what do they do? They, According to them, they've injected it with more than a decade because this is an, a piece of gear that was over a decade now sure. old at this point. A decade of ideas, refinements, and improvements. So they've got, now it's stereo throughout the whole thing, which it wasn't before. Uh, it's got Bluetooth MIDI, which is a pretty big deal. That's cool. So it's got Bluetooth, which is awesome. Now it's USB Type-C, so it's even easier, easier to charge and power. Um, and that's the thing I should have mentioned. We say about this other, the mixer, it's like, well, why would you spend $1,200 on this little micro mixer? It's badass, and it also is portable and battery powered. Right. And so is this. So it's you can have traveling a, stuff, a yeah. wicked battery powered recording rig. Yeah. With just these two things together, which it would be very expensive too, but let's we'll talk about that. Uh, so it's got a new speaker, so it's got louder, fatter ba- uh, bass and such built in. Massive twenty-four hour battery life. Holy shit! Yeah, that's cool as hell. Damn, you can be off the grid as hell. Yeah, and still that's be crazy. making weird bleeps and bloops, which, which I think is awesome. Now it's got multiple tapes and recording formats, a newer reverb, which is supposed to sound really good, a new synth, a really high resolution display, uh, and then they've also redone all the graphic menus and sort of that okay. sort of stuff oh by the way this is super cool it now also does fm broadcasting really yeah i kind of love that man. i know they f- they found a way to build the freaking antenna inside this thing i'm still i still get my radio on you still get your radio you do yeah you're yeah, a radio player listen to radio you all get day, your yeah. radio on you get your radio on all the oldies you know so okay now we've talked about this two thousand dollars very expensive i still think it's pretty badass yeah will i spend that much on it probably not so here's the thing We've talked about it. A lot of people talk about it. They've taken a lot of heat in the past for their pricing on this all this sort of deal. But even that said, Reverb themselves have mentioned that even with all of this like heat that they've taken on pricing, the OP1 is still year over year a, a huge seller on Reverb, often right. bestseller, right? And not losing value either, I'm sure. But so not to take anything away from this, the, and this is actually Reverb saying this, which I think is interesting, quote, not to take anything away from the new OP1 field, but is it going to be worth nearly twice the going rate of an OP1? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, is are they... Are people going to get rid of their old ones to buy the new one? Yeah, or is the price of the old one now going to drop or because of this new one coming out? I don't know. I mean, it, it may just remain consistent, I would assume. Well, according to Reverb, again, in the hours and days after the announcement, of this new one, scores, quote, of used OP1 listings appeared on Reaper. <laughs> so people were like, I'm getting that new one. So the, who's to say whether they're interested in, like you're saying, are they trying to upgrade to the new one? Or do they think that the price is going to drop? Now, all of a sudden, the market's flooded with OP1. I mean, if, if you lived by the first one, then like, You'd have to just get the second. Like well, if you use it all the time. They're according to Reverb, it is now a buyer's market for the first time in a decade on the OP ones. Really? Yeah. Huh? Isn't that crazy? That's pretty cool. Yeah, because this announcement flooded the market. But it's like you wouldn't go buy a, a first gen one now. You want to buy the new one. <sighs> that for, but that's the question: Is it worth? Because now they're selling for about a thousand bucks. And I'm not saying like, is that is are these new features worth another thousand dollars to you? I, it, I guess it just depends on like if you use it a lot. Like yeah. if you do that, if you're sort of like a master of the OP1, because it's its own thing, right. Too, you yeah. can get into it pretty easily, but it, it, people are really good at it. Yeah, I mean, I would I would imagine, you know, anybody who really uses the first gen one a lot would just sell it and get this new one because there's so many yeah. better features. I on agree. It. Yeah. Um, even for the upgraded price, because if you're not a, if you're not already a user, that's the question: Are you going to go get oh, a used one, or are you going to wait gonna go. for this two thousand dollar version, which it does have some awesome stuff which, about it? And and funny thing would be if the used versions of the 
second gen one is going to be like mm, even higher. Wow. I didn't even, Dave, you're just, you're just, well, cause that's re- what ha- that reinventing was the, the wheel. That here. was the story on the, uh, the original playing one, 3d right? chess with People. our gearbuds. <laughs> living in 30, 33. Wow. So yeah. that's that. I mean, it's pretty interesting. I mean, yeah, I, that's a good question. I'm, I'm very excited to see if that will happen with this new version. I wouldn't be surprised, man. Like it, it's, it's kind of one of those gambles where you're like, I should just jump on this now. Get the presale now because the used ones might be, they might be more, you know, that's a really good point, dude. Or you could just buy the first gen one if that's, if you're, you or you could buy it for whistle. the same price. You could buy two of the first gen. Right. Ones. And would that even be, I mean, useful? Yeah, probably, but not, yeah. the point is to have one, Yeah. but 24 battery life, dude. That's and stereo. And I mean, stereo that's throughout the, the, it has stereo, but not throughout the whole signal path with gotcha. every single thing in the okay. original version. So that, we've had some hot and spicy gear to talk about this. Yeah, now a little controversy, talk, a little I wanna, fun. I want to get into something a little hot and spicy that I got to go and see, and you got to perform, and that is Hot Bloods playing their first gig this week at Golden Dagger here in Chicago. Thanks for coming out, man. Of course, uh, it talk means, us it means it, a lot man. that you came, dude. I. Oh. I couldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't well, imagine being you anywhere know, it's else. Just a, it's a, a random Wednesday night. We we found out about the show with like two weeks in, in notice. So you okay. Know. So that's the whole shebang. Let's hear it. So how did you? It was a couple weeks out. You yeah, guys were just like we ready to play out, a gig or what? Well, we played Tonic Room, which was formerly that place. Oh, your um, other band. Yeah, my uh, other band. And then, so we you know we played there. We enjoyed it. I like for first shows like that. I love playing small bars because you bring twenty people. It's gonna feel like fifty. Yeah, it was you great. Know? Um, and you know, the turnout was good. It wasn't packed, but it was, it was good enough to be like, okay, we are performing in front of people. It was better than many other. Wednesday I would not have taken like a to. Wednesday at beat kitchen or something. Yeah. You know, it's like a three, 500 capacity or something. That's yeah. crazy. Uh, so I didn't tell you this or anybody this, uh, I told my band this, um, but I almost didn't play the show. Why not? I was feeling real sick on Monday night. Really? Yeah. Um, I got a crazy sore throat out of nowhere. Uh Oh, woke up. Uh, had a even worse sore throat in the morning, all congested. Oh shit! Took a COVID yeah. test, neggies, and then I went to band practice that night, and I was just not feeling good. But and, you know, and and also my throat, I was really worried about. You know, when you run the set the night before the show, you you just run the set, and that's mm-hmm. pretty much it. You can make some tweaks, but you're it's, it's either sounds good with. or it doesn't. And I was like, well, fuck it. I'm not gonna like be belting out. If people don't know, I sing in the band, so I'm not gonna be belting out vocals. And, you know, trying to kill myself on the night before the gig mm-hmm. if my if my voice isn't 100 exactly. percent in the first place. So I had kind of a mediocre rehearsal. I was really just trying you told not me to you kind of you kind of got the we got, got the, the gremlins out. out yeah. I like to say, yeah, it's uh, getting the gremlins out. You kind of fumbled. Dude, some funny shit happened. Like the knob fell off my jazz bass. No I, was, way. I was playing the jazz actually. Originally. The stackies. Yeah, I was playing that originally. One of the fucking knobs just fell off and like land on the ground. I was like, it was just a weird off night. You know, Dang. like dump, my fuzz pedal didn't work for a second. And then I just turned the knob and then it was because you did. You played the P bass at the gig. I ended up playing the P bass at the gig, um, not because of the knob thing, but Overall, for a trio, I think the P bass is just the way to go. It's okay. just, just more bottom end, more I th- fuller. I think there's a man named Getty that might have disagreed about <laughs> I, Absolutely. That. Well, he's got a pretty teeny sound. So if you really, he does go up high a bit. He uses those Taurus pedals if he has to do the super low. That's stuff. a but, good point. But no, my point is, um, it was kind of funny. Jay was even like, "Oh, you're not," because you, I was, I've been playing the P bass in all the recordings we've been doing and mm-hmm. all the, uh, all the stuff. So for people who don't know too, I've been doing my own recordings. This was a weird thing to switch gears into like show mode and be like, oh, we've got to you know play ten songs now. Like and in so, a row. speaking of show mode, changing gears or gears sharing yeah. gears, you guys did a little gear share yep. with the other bands. What was the deal with that? I was more than happy to do that. Actually, mm-hmm. um, I've gotten to the point in my life now where I'm like, if it's just easier and and I get to use my own stuff. One, you you know, we've talked about it. You get to hear other people play through it, which is always kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Two, you know what you're going to sound like. I know where to dial myself in. I'm not using somebody's random bass head. Absolutely. Charlie had his Vox AC30, which is just as reliable as ever. 
Jay, I've never even heard that drum set out of our practice space. Yeah, no kidding. So it was kind of cool to see, to hear his uh, his custom Apex like you know out in like an actual like live scene. Mm-hmm. Um, the sound guy, <laughs> there's funny. We were setting up for sound. The sound guy was pretty nice, and um, we got there super early, four four thirty or whatever. Yeah, and he. Uh, Jay's like, oh, there's a mic, you know, there's a mic built into the kick drum on that thing. And it's a D112. Mm-hmm. And the sound guy's like, well, is it a D12 or a D112? And I was like, he's, he's like, I don't know, you'll have to look. I think it's a D112. And then he's like, ah, he's like, that's not the one I like. Well, that's because the D12 is super badass and very For like, expensive. Yeah. And, you know, and, and we were like, all right, whatever. And so he just mic'd it, you know, normal. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I don't care. But I just thought it was kind of funny. I actually had no idea there was two, like, mm-hmm. kind of versions. The D12 of it. is a, confusing it's and vintage shit. and expensive. Okay. And all that yeah. Stuff, yeah. And he was like, oh, uh, I don't know. Um, but the yeah, D112 so, is still perfectly fine, yeah, especially in a live It would have been fine. Yeah. yeah. It's like, we're not, you know, so the, the room is very small. Getting back to like this room mm-hmm. thing. I thought, you know, for me during soundcheck, first of all, like the anxiety of just like getting to the gig like four hours or five hours early. That's wild. It's so, it's so silly. Such an early load in. It's so funny. And then like, of course, the two other bands aren't there. So we can't do soundcheck because they're waiting for the first band yeah. soundcheck so they can get the last band. You know, it's like, I was like, we're all using the same gear. Can't we just soundcheck exactly. for these guys? Like, who cares? And it's like this tiny little room. Mm-hmm. But they were trying to be professional about it. So we waited around. Um, I just forgot about the little like anxiety things like i had to like i ordered a new one spot cable like for my for my four for the pedals pedals, because i was like i don't know if this cold cable works like i haven't used it in three years and i'm not just gonna you know pop it in here and hope it works so like the night before was all like setting that up like i set my pedals up you know off the board like the way i was gonna use it um so that was cool but just i forgot about all the little things getting my like backpack and all my cables together Mm -hmm. and like you know get make sure um i do this your own microphone too got my own mic yeah which i used which i'm i'm really happy about one for COVID, obviously. Yeah. But two, I know that I slobber all over this thing. I'm not going to be. I sing very close to the mic, as I'm sure you noticed. Of course. And uh, rock and roll, baby. Yeah, dude. And I, you know, I just don't want to be making out with somebody else's mic. And yeah. I know, I know, my mic sounds good. So I was, I was actually happy and excited to use that live because I've never used it live before. Yeah. Um, just and then getting all the things, dude. I do this trick, and here's a little pro. Here's a little pro tip. If Love you guys, a pro tip. If you guys have dark dots. Love a semi pro tip. If you got a rosewood neck with like some kind of darkish dots, and you're gonna be playing on a dark stage. I bought these little white. They're like a white marker pen. And I just do, do, mm-hmm. do on the little side dots, not on the actual fretboard, but just on the side. Sure. You can scrape it off with your fingernail. It's like whiteout works too for that. It, I mean, I already have pretty bad eyesight. So, like, for me, if it's dark on stage, dude, I'm let's be, fucked, let's, let's dude. call it like it is. Homeboy also had some shades on. I stage. wore my pink, my pinkies, dude. Yeah, I had did. some pink sunglasses that are no, the notorious sunglasses for uh, me having a wild time. I so. also saw, I believe, the last gig I saw of yours. Yeah, uh, at I wore the, them at for the that. Virgin Hotel. I believe you had those on I did, too. I That's kind of your thing, isn't I it? I think, yeah, I think it's going to be my thing. I, I like it. I even bought another pair of glasses. Like, Back, you got backups. And then you I was, no, backup, dude. no, not those. I was like, bought some other ones, and I was like, no, I'll just wear my I'll stick with the OGs. They're all getting all scratched up but anyways the gig was fucking fun yeah man. um i'm really glad you came out i feel like we nailed it i honestly feel like we did a really good job yeah, you, did. you really did i, I love the self-confidence because you did you you definitely came out swinging i think you know i mean of course like you've you've got you've got a, a variety of songs mm-hmm. uh the crowd really responded to some more of the up-tempo rock and yeah, numbers I especially think they were like ready towards to, the end you guys once you guys were really sweating it out it was definitely yeah people, people were, were dancing and moving uh, and swaying we facetimed jay's son who was That's home right. with the babysitter he's a five-year-old it was so cute we uh we facetimed our drummer's son he told me this when we were at dinner be- right before he's you know we're having a beer and have dinner and he's like hey so we're gonna facetime uh, leo you know before we 
or like once we're like it's it, once it's at 9 15 or something i was okay. like what so i was like wait in the middle of a song and he's like no i'll do it like before the song and i was like this is gonna be weird it actually turned out to be really cute. really cute really yeah. fun so we facetimed him they connected right away and then kind of held him up to the crowd and everyone cheered right it, was, it was super fun man he he hung out for the whole song so we opened with some of the early stuff which you recorded for us years That's right. ago. right. I was saying to I'll sit my, my my friend Mel that was there saying, "Hey, uh, it's kind of weird for me because uh, this is their first gig, but I know the words to these yeah. songs because I've heard yeah. them a bunch of times." Yeah, and and the the first four songs were like ones that we yeah. recorded with That's you. Right. So, and I actually found myself because my voice has changed through the years, so I was able to warm up on those songs where I'm not like belting and, as and hard. And plus you know them. You've been listening to those recordings yeah. for a minute. And I kind of planned the set that way where I'm like, let's do the, the harder to sing songs a little later. Yeah. And you know, when my voice will be more tired or more if warmed not, up. you can just scream through it. Yeah, or try. <laughs> but, or try. Uh, but yeah, man, the the pedals worked out good. I had the uh, I had the Fuzz God too. Yep. I had the um, the synth pedal, the synth of, which you complimented. I'm reading, yeah. So that was one of the later songs when your guys' newer yep. tunes is built around this, this bass like that tone, has this yeah. like pretty crazy synth sound going. And like, Again, n- nothing against the other tones. They were all sure. really good. But when that one happened, I was just like, oh, yeah, that's tickling me. I'm glad it was like, I'm glad it wasn't transparent. Like, I wanted it to be a very, like, on purpose. But it tone. wasn't out of place. It didn't feel sure. like it was, like, shoved on there. It felt natural. And I and I and my feedback would be, I think you guys need to, not to say that, like, you need to use that pedal all the time. But I know I was, the direction that you guys are going with that song felt really sort of unique and, and like, your own sort of thing. And mm-hmm. I really feel like that that's something that Thanks, you guys should, you should, you should lean into Thanks that. a lot, man. Yeah. Um. The, my first thought was when you complimented me that after the show, you were like, dude, that pedal sounds amazing. I was like, yep, going to have to write more songs on that pedal. Now. Obviously, you are. Or work it in somewhere, you know, yeah. and stuff. Everything pretty much went off without a hitch, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I fucked up some lyrics, you know, on one song, but like, I don't know, probably the song that I shouldn't have because it was like the song that we did release last Guess week. Guess what? Uh, you know what? Uh, no, people know. know the words. Nobody don't knows know the words. words yet, so it doesn't you, matter. Whatever you did was right. Doesn't matter. Um, I wanted to ask how your how was hearing on stage if you could hear oh, the dude, other stuff so, or, or yourself or what was that all? So like? I, you know, uh, I'll be. I'm going to be totally transparent and, and honest that's, with, that's with our listeners. Here. Um, I wear earplugs every practice, all through practice, yeah. but I don't like wearing them on stage. No, I don't either. Um, now, this particular stage, <laughs> good God, do those cymbals sound loud. I mean, you could hear them out in yeah. the crowd because they have everything else mic'd. And what's, what's fun when you mic drums is you can almost balance the sound better. Well, that's why. Yeah, that's why you do it. Yeah, but it's not just to make everything louder. It's to actually like you can mellow some so, stuff out. Yeah, yeah. And we he didn't mic the cymbals. So the cymbals are just this natural sound. And... The stage is what? Probably 10 by 10 or something? It was not a huge not stage. Even. So like the cymbals are bouncing off the walls. They really need to put some uh, baffling on those yeah, walls. I, I, I think I agree with that. So the cymbals are shooting out to the crowd because I heard it on the first band. I was like, fuck, this is going to be like crazy. So my ears were ringing pretty well, one, good. Once there, because there, you guys obviously had the most crowd there that yeah. evening. It helps to have Once some bodies. Once there are some bodies in the room, it ate yeah. up a lot of that. So it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't too bad. Good. Yeah, because at Soundcheck, there's nobody there. And yeah. the first band Soundcheck, and I was like, dude, the cymbals are so fucking mm-hmm. loud. Like, this is going to be crazy. Um, but yeah, I still didn't wear plugs. I don't know. I just It just kind of disconnects me from the crowd and from everything else. Especially singing. Yeah, it's, yeah it's really dude. And like, just for our first show, I was like, I just want to sing good. Uh, the mix was pretty good on stage. My vocals could have been louder. I think I asked him to turn it up once, but he I don't know if he did or not. And... Um, yeah, the, the the overall like mix was good. Again, we used our own gear, so I was really like comfortable with how everything sounded. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I I'm glad I just didn't have to play some random bass rig and stuff. Although I feel like a place like that, and and let me know what you think here. 
should just invest like a thousand bucks to buy a house kit. They should have a at the very least get just a like twin a base reverb on cabinet. stage or something. Yeah, you know, like some sort of just like something like where you can bring your own head or, or even whatever. just like a combo bass <clears> amp or something. Because it's a, such a small room, you don't need crazy gear in there. No, and you can run a little bit of it through the house too to just sub- supplement it. Yep. So yeah, I would say I agree with that completely. Yeah, um, and it seems I mean, dude, they've got a Midas board. It's a small one, but they had a Midas desk which is not no cheap that was gregor's and i were talking about really? it yeah like I his, didn't notice, he's like yeah. dude they've got it like he's like this place used to be a fucking shithole they've yeah. got a midas now it's like they they've definitely stepped up they did a bit um, of it. so i feel like they could invest in just some gear yeah. so it, that way they already know it's dialed in especially like a drum set like you know people bring their snares and their cymbals and stuff but right. you know that it, what you you already have it mic'd you know what it's going to sound like you don't have to tweak it you know mm-hmm. take you know an hour for sound check and all that stuff but the guy was excellent uh shout out to max over there at uh golden dagger he did a great golden job dagger did it right i gotta say yeah it was, we'll it was be a back. good experience we'll definitely be back there um we had fun all our friends who came out so they had a really good time and stuff dude that, that's one of the things i want to say first of all yeah it was great to just see the people that i knew that came out to yeah. see just you know because most of them hadn't seen since before the pandemic yeah. and uh, one of them happened to be a person we're not going to get in the store right now where i might have had a an unbeknownst to myself a big falling out with that lasted for a while and we got to like you know reconnect oh, and right. take some selfies and stuff <laughs> together and be and be buddies that was again. yeah i forgot about that me yeah. too honestly yeah uh but even others just like surprised to see and, and also to see your wife mandy who i hadn't seen since you know yeah. before the pandemic right, and dude. stuff so yeah. it was great to see her and um yeah that was the, all that and i and also just want to say that it, i was proud of you man you Thanks, guys were man. fucking great Thank it was you, like dude. you rocked the crowd and also it's just so for some people it's like okay you're in a band and like there's just like these wheels of motion and and there's this momentum that keeps you playing gigs and doing all, all sort of stuff and it's really easy to fall off that and yeah. i personally have i haven't played gigs in a while but it's, i'm really proud that you took the initiative to fucking have a band ready to go and like you're writing new songs and recording and then actually went out and fucking booked a gig and played it, it was just yeah. like that's fucking sick it's not like those things don't just automatically happen there's work and thought thank and you man yeah sweat that goes into I, that i appreciate that a lot man i think that was kind of part of it you know we took the rehearsals very seriously i was like dude this is our first show i don't want it to be our last show i don't want to just go out there and feel no you guys have to play more i don't want a good show yeah i don't want to feel shitty and be like oh we we could have done better we didn't rehearse hard enough and not not the rehearsals have to be hard but like you know i laid off the beer for a few weeks just to kind of like be like a little sharper and go through the songs make sure everything sounds good and like that was just really important to me you know show up on time for practice we didn't stay super late every Mm -hmm. night like you know we had like i think we rehearsed like four times in two weeks which is more than we usually do sure so, you know, running the set twice sometimes. Jay's actually, our drummer Jay is definitely really good at like, you know, uh, pushing us to like, come on guys, let's do it again. Let's run the whole set again. I'm like, dude, my voice is getting tired. Mm-hmm. He's like, come on, just don't sing as hard. And you but need like, that. We've got to run it again. To Jay. It was, great to, it was yeah. great to see him in Chardog as well. I mean, oh, even your band, I love it's, those I, guys. I, it's, it's, it's definitely my favorite band I've ever been in at this point. That's so amazing. I love I'm very happy that. with it. I hope, you know, what I wanted to do is use this as a launching pad to hopefully maybe just get another gig. Maybe we can open for somebody who does a little better than us to get us some, mm-hmm. you know, get us some more fans and stuff and get us a bigger crowd. So um, keep those recordings coming I yeah mean, and then folks if you haven't listened go check out the hot bloods on yeah. your, you're on the stuff yeah we're on the spotify our new single is called waste my time Bandcamp so. too yeah yep Bandcamp. we've got a few songs up there uh that we recorded ourselves and then the new single waste my time that greg we did record ourselves but then greg went and produced it and mixed it and it Love sounds it. fantastic so but I appreciate you uh, coming out, oh, man. It yeah. means a lot, dude. And brought some friends, and it was just—it was very cool, dude. I want so. you folks to go listen to. Gear, to I mean, we're like, dude, why don't you listen, listen to Gearbuds? Gear go yeah. listen to Hot Bloods because <laughs> Gearbuds and Hot Bloods kind of rhymes. Uh, it does. And Dave is Dave, you, you get to hear his voice uh, sing. I do most of the singing around this stupid show, and I am not <laughs> good. Dave's a lead singer of a band, oh, so thanks, you should man. go listen to him. Appreciate it. Wow. Wow. That was a juicy That was a episode, great man. juicer of a beefer right it there. Was, dude. Beefy burgers. Beefy it seems burger. like the weather is a changing outside. Yep. 
So uh, that's, a, that's, a little, that's a little something. But you know what, man? I had such a, those such a good one. I had a really good time yeah, making this one. Great with time you today, today man. It was, it was a weird week, and uh, we made it to Friday. So you made it to Friday. If you made it this far. Yeah. Well, shit. <laughs> if you made it this, I was gonna say. Well, first, I just want to say I love you. And I love you too, and, buddy. And uh, thankful for you and the show and for Hot Bloods. And for you fans listening to this, making it to these ends of these goofy shows that we make. And if you do make it to the end, if you made it this far, why don't you go make some music? Yeah.